the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4. And you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the app. Thanks for tuning in. A lot of clouds and then some sun we had and a lot of wind all along the way. Hold on to your toupees and small children and lawn furniture. Just a high of 33 with a low of 19 tonight. Skies will clear out tomorrow, a lot like today. The cloudy thing early, some sun in the latter part of the day. Even colder tomorrow than today. High of just 28 tomorrow. Sixers had a 107-106 win over the Lakers last night. Very exciting. Lakers last year's NBA champs. Zoom call last night. The uh, head coach of the Sixers, Doc Rivers, talked about it. It's a bit of a measuring stick kind of game. I mean, uh, they were playing great, right? And uh, they showed at the end of the game, like champions, you know, they just, it's hard to kill them. Like, they just keep coming back. They keep believing. They kept making shots. We weathered it, you know. But I don't know. It says that we're a good team. Uh, but for me, it says that we're really good, but we still have a lot of work still. And it is still early in the season, about, a, I guess, a third of the way through at this point. Uh, the next game for them at Minnesota tomorrow at 8. In the meantime, the Flyers are at Jersey this evening at 7. Also in our preborn partnership, 484 ultrasounds down as we look at the scoreboard, so to speak, and just 76 to go. We're very excited about that partnership. It can help out at 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229 as we partner with Preborn, which is a ministry that provides free ultrasounds for pregnant women and girls uh, who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy to give that consideration and see the truth of what's growing inside their body. And it's a beautiful yet a powerful and effective way to promote life. So if you want to help out, again, 833-850-BABY or uh, at WFIL.com. Thank you to folks like Scott and Ben Salem, we did five ultrasounds in June in Sicklerville, New Jersey. Also did five. Again, we're at 484, the goal, 560 overall. So we're just 76 shy of that goal. Victoria, how you doing this fine? What's today? Thursday? Today is Friday Eve. It's Thursday. Oh, you like that Friday Eve thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I forgot. I'll, I'll get the hang of it every now and we'll, we'll, I'll, Whatever. So yep. you doing all right? Yes, I am. Okay. Busy day here, but good. Well, it's going to get Lighting busier. Show coming. What's that? Exciting show coming up. It is exciting. Uh, we have Irene Levy-Baker is going to join us. And Irene uh, joined us a couple of years ago when this program was actually getting started. She had a book out called Unique Eats and Eateries. And she's all about Philly. And so uh, she's going to share about another book she's written. It's called 100 Things to Do in Philadelphia Before You Die, which is ironic, of course, how things – she started <laughs> writing this book, I think, it was last year. So it's kind of, you know – We've, we've, we've had our share of guests who started a project, were about to release it, and then coronavirus hit, and they had to, had to you know, rethink what they were doing. It's the second edition. She actually wrote a first one a few years back, and this one is updated in different ways. So we'll talk to her about that. But it's a fun, uh, as I read through it, and I know you read through it too, right? Yes, it, absolutely. It, it was it's pretty great. neat, wasn't it? It has a t- 
tons and tons of places and yeah. things and inside of it. Which Ideas. She'll get into, I'm sure. Yeah, so we'll chat with her about that uh, throughout the hour. And also just want to um, give a heads up. We're looking forward to having, among other guests in the near future, Pastor Alan Jackson, who that's a new ministry on the station between uh, 6 and 6.30 weekday mornings. He's based in Tennessee. He'll be chatting with us. And hip-hop artist KJ52, who we uh, talked about maybe having last week, turns out, didn't work out, but it looks like he'll be on our famous Friday show tomorrow. So those are some of the things going on. We'll take a quick early break, and then we'll come back and get our conversation rolling with Irene Levy Baker, uh, Levy Baker, I should say, uh, on the Tim DeMoss Show. And uh, we appreciate you listening in today. Don't forget, you're also welcome to grab podcasts of our fine broadcast at WFIL.com. Back in just a moment, it's Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 409 with The Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for listening in. We bring in our guest, Irene Levy Baker. How are you doing today, Irene? Hi, I'm so happy to be here today, Tim. Thank you. Sure thing. You have a new book out we want to talk about. And we originally had you on with a book called Unique Eats and Eateries, which was, I guess, a couple years back, right? Yes, it was about two years ago, three years ago now. Okay, yeah, now that we're into 2021. And this new one, 100 Things to Do in Philadelphia Before You Die, second edition. Love the title. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, it's not the greatest title for 2020. <laughs> um, but we're in 2021, and, and things are starting to look better. Yes, yeah. Even so, before we have our vaccines, there are still tons of things that people can do safely around the area. Share just a little bit about this, you know, what the backstory is for the book and originally when you created the, the first version a few years back. Sure. So this book is written for both, both tourists and even longtime locals. It includes some obvious spots, but it also includes only in Philadelphia spots and some little-known spots that even longtime Philadelphians might not know about. That's good stuff. So I think it'll be full of surprises. And what I suggest is that people cross out the pages of the things they've done and circle the things they haven't done and then go out there and have some adventures. Yeah. Oh, I like the way it's laid out. It, you know, a lot of good information, websites, phone numbers, lighthearted. It has a, a wide variety of things for folks to check out, too, to take on the town with them, if you will, and maybe check a couple things off as they head around the greater Philadelphia area. Sure. And my favorite parts are the tips. So they tell you what's the best time of day to go to a certain place or how can I get a discount on this place or the list. It's interesting. The folks that we have talked to in recent weeks uh, who have either written a book or put an album out or something uh, when you know works that were created early, like a year ago, technically they were written back then, but they're still new because this is kind of like now that now they can finally get it out because now there are places that are starting to open up again, more options Everything was put on a big hold. How, how was last year for you, and, and how did that shape the creation and releasing, releasing of the book itself? Well, that's a good question, Tim. And I've really had to pivot to prepare to have the book when I knew it was coming out in the fall of 2020. So I'm focusing on things that we can do safely that are fun, like walking through Laurel Hill Cemetery, which is a historic cemetery, or ice skating at Dilworth Park next to City Hall, or along the Delaware at the Blue Cross River Rink or taking a self-guided mural arts tour. So I have a long list of things that are doable right now. 
Irene Levy-Baker, our guest, 100 Things to Do in Philadelphia Before You Die, the second edition. Um, maybe let's go through it for a second and touch on a few of the chapters. Uh, food and drink, uh, the first 19 pages uh, or so. First one is Four Seasons at the top of the Comcast building. Beautiful, beautiful people may not know about that. So the um, new Comcast technology tower is the highest skyscraper between New York and Chicago. At the very top is the new Four Seasons Hotel. And at the very top of the Four Seasons Hotel is the new John George restaurant. John George Bennett-Bergrichton came from, he's an internationally known chef who came to Philadelphia to open a restaurant, and Sky High Bar, which if you have someone coming to Philadelphia that you want to impress, this is the place to take them. And, Tim, I have a tip for you. Okay. It's not open right now, but when it reopens, uh, make your reservation right before sunset. Then you can go up there and have a drink or some food and see the beautiful, unbelievable views of the city in every direction. And then watch the sunset up there and see the unbelievable nighttime light. It is beautiful at nighttime, too. Irene, because the difference also is that maybe good a time as any to point out that the original edition you wrote about four years back, I guess, or five years back, there's stuff that's still the same. Obviously, you want it to be the same that from the historical standpoint, you wouldn't want to see the, the art museum disappear. But there's stuff that keeps changing, which is part of the beauty of this new. How, how different would you say the second edition is from the first? So the second edition includes more than 20 new things that weren't around four years ago when the first edition came out. And then all the things that remained in the book, every single page has been updated. So that, for example, Penn Museum added all new galleries. So that page is updated so that everything is new on each page. One of the things, too, in the food and drink section, uh, page four, chapter four, uh, get the scoop on Franklin Fountain. And um, that, you know, is fun where you, you reference the handmade ice cream and the sodas and all that. But then in the, uh, I guess, the, the, the extra section, you know, near the bottom, you reference Shane's Confectionery, the oldest continuously operating confectionery in the country. You know, I guess they yeah. sell candies and fudge or what, what's in there. And, and, all uh, kinds of candies yeah. and a hot, they have a hot chocolate bar. It's all like an old-fashioned candy store. It's lots of fun. Irene Levy-Baker, our guest. The book is 100 Things to Do in Philadelphia Before You Die, the second edition. We'll keep our conversation rolling in just a second. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for hanging out today. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 417, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Just a quick note, a little PS to that Deeper Faith Alaska cruise you heard with Alistair Begg. Michael O'Brien is one of the folks who will be on that cruise later this summer, helping lead and worship there. And we're giving away currently his latest CD called Crown Him. And there's a grand prize where you can win five Michael O'Brien CDs, including the new one. Uh, this latest one called Crown Him contains five duets with Michael's wife, each of his children, solos on there, instrumentals, real good stuff. O'Brien, of course, was the lead singer of New Song for a number of years. You may remember the Christmas Shoes song was a huge hit some years back. He was part of that song and... In any case, he'll be on that cruise later on this summer. Uh, details on that at WFIL.com. You can enter to win his CD and perhaps the grand prize on the contest page at WFIL.com. As we continue our conversation 
with Irene Levy Baker. 100 Things to Do in Philadelphia Before You Die, the second edition. You know, it's, it's right there on the cover of the book, Philadelphia. And I'm starting to think, so where, what lines do you draw? Is it literally you have to be in Philadelphia as your address? Or where did you kind of, you know, de- delineate things? So the word Philadelphia is in the title, but I define Philadelphia as not only the city, but also the five surrounding counties and into South Jersey as well. Okay. So it encompasses the whole region. I have things as far away as Cowtown Rodeo, which is about 45 minutes outside of Center City in South Jersey. Victoria's nodding. And that's just an old-fashioned rodeo. I'm from South Jersey. I happen to be, and that was, as a kid, one of the most fun things to do is, like, you feel like you're in the the Wild West, and you go and you eat hot dogs, and you sit and you watch Cowtown Rodeo down in Salem. I know. it's, (laughs) It's super fun. And, I mean, if you have a cowboy hat sitting in the back of your closet this is the place that you can wear it and yep. no one will look at you sideways <laughs> that's fun yep. irene levy baker our guests are talking about a hundred things to do in philadelphia before you die the second edition that she's just released uh, how philadelphia are you personally because obviously this is chock full of great philadelphia information did you grow up in the area or what's your backstory Well, that's funny. People assume I'm a native of Philadelphia, but I'm not. I'm a Philadelphian by choice, not by birth. Yes. Yes. I've lived in Ohio, Michigan, Virginia, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, then Philadelphia. But I've been here quite a long time. I've been here more than 30 years. When I moved here in 1991, I immediately started working for the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau and learn the city very well, and then I've continued to work in the hospitality industry. Okay. So I live and breathe this every day, and I'm so happy to share all these fun things to do, because locals sometimes forget that our own city is a great place for staycation. Was that job, or you know, working at the Convention and Visitor Bureau, was that what brought you to Philly, that opportunity, or were there other things too? No, I, I moved to Philadelphia, and then I got that job. Okay. And it was the best job I ever could have had to learn to fall in love with Philadelphia. Yeah. So what do you think of Philly now that you've been here 30 years, 30-plus 30 years? Oh, I can't, I can't <laughs> imagine being anywhere else. I travel to other cities, and all I ever do is compare them to Philadelphia. <laughs> well, and it's funny, too, because interesting, one of the notes in your book, you talk about the National Geographic list, which is a pretty special list to be on. Just share about that for a second, if you would. So National Geographic named Philadelphia one of the top cities to visit. And Philadelphia was the only U.S. city to make that list. And even this year, you know, we continue to make lists for National Geographic Traveler and Condé Nast and Bon Appetit. They all keep, sometimes we don't see it in our own city, but other people from other cities keep saying what a great place we live in. We're lucky. Well, and, you know, you can take anything for granted, right, in life, the people around you and what you're used to and, and miss that beauty. And, and you mentioned because you have traveled. So you have that a little extra perspective that maybe some folks wouldn't have had who, who have not traveled as much as you have. Uh, and you kind of addressed it there. But I was going to say, what have you noticed compared to, you know, when you're in other other states and Philadelphia, if there's a is there a, a common theme or the, in terms of what may be missing in other places or just uh, – does it keep like deflecting back to Philly and just the diversity of it and all the opportunities that, that are just that are well, prevalent? One thing I really love about Philadelphia is uh, William Penn's ingenious design of Center City. So you have a city that's sandwiched between two rivers. 
and numbered from, from the Delaware River to the Schuylkill River, and then mainly tree streets in Center City from, you know, Vine down to South, which means that you pretty much can find yourself find anything easily based on the address. You always know if you're going east, west, or north, south. I mean, just the, just the design alone is so endearing. Hmm. That's cool. I, that's, that's very true. That's a great point. Uh, folks, just tuning in, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. And our guest is uh, Irene Levy-Baker, and she's written a book, 100 Things to Do in Philadelphia Before You Die. If you're like, I heard that book before. I, I have that book. Like, no, well, you don't have this one. This is the second edition. It's different than the first in a number of ways, including brand new entries, as well as updating different pages and uh, all the, you know, um, the tips that are in there, too. There's lots to, to enjoy. I'm thinking, too, uh, I'm sure, well, let me ask you this. How much of this writing of this book, and let's get into the second half of it here, a uh, couple of the, of the sections, but how much of writing this book was just more of a labor of love because you really enjoy, you've lived here, you've, your work has, everyday work has been that, and if, if nobody bought it, you'd want to write it, versus I really want to write this because I think a lot of people could benefit from it. I would say 100% of both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Am I allowed to answer that way? Sure, I mean, that's good math. <laughs> um, for this second edition, the other thing I really thought about was a lot of my readers ended up being locals. So I also looked for lesser-known places that locals might not know about, and that was super fun. Hmm. And I'm still learning about you know new places every day, and I love telling people about places they haven't heard of. So let me ask you this too, and Victoria and I both agree on that. We we're both thinking through different questions to talk to you about. One is uh, if you're if you're I don't want to say perfectionist, but you're like, uh, you you as soon as the, the the ink is dry in the book, you're like, wait, I forgot this one, or I could have put that one in, or maybe you had another hundred you could have put in, and you're like, well, then like it would, would have been too big. Well, what was the process like for you to get it to these one hundred specifically? So if it had been one thousand things to do in Philadelphia, it would have been much easier. Cutting the list <laughs> to a hundred was hard. Yeah, but new things are always happening. So. That's what blogs are for, and that's what social media is for. So um, on my website, 100thingstodoinphiladelphia.com, there are links to my blog and my social media uh, platforms. And I'm constantly updating those with, you know, best places to get soup on a cold, rainy day mm. or best places to get a hot chocolate or the new Takeout Philly campaign that Center City District is doing or what museums are reopening and what their safety protocol is, what you need to know. So, or, or like the new Neon Museum just opened this week. So those kind of things are constantly popping up uh, on my blog and social media channels. It's, and say that again, the, the site for that? It is uh, 100thingstodoinphiladelphia.com. Is my website, and there's links to all my channels. Irene Levy-Baker, our guest. 100 Things to Do in Philadelphia Before You Die, the second edition. Quick break. We'll keep our chat going. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the app. Live and local. It's The Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 28, Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thanks for hanging out today. Got a high of just 33 happening. Clear night low 19. And tomorrow on the cloudy side to start. Some sun in the afternoon. And a high of 28. Sixers won last night. Last second shot. 
Tobias Harris draining a shot to put the Sixers up 107-106. Beat the Lakers. Joel Embiid, 28 points, 13 rebounds. Helping neutralize LeBron James's 34 points. Maybe lost a little bit in the shuffle. Ben Simmons, who did have what they say is a triple-double, 17 points, 11 rebounds. Victoria, you danced over there? Good song. A little head bopping going on. Good song. Ben Simmons, 17 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, but not necessarily always mentioned the first breath. Joel Embiid often takes that. Tobias Harris often scoring more points per game. Head coach Doc Rivers on Ben Simmons. He was huge. You know, the numbers will say the offense, but the defense and all the other little things he did uh, was unbelievable. Uh, he's playing great. You know, it's funny. On his low-score nights, uh, you look at the, the, the game film, and he's flying all over the place. The, the stuff he does for us to help us winning, the winning things he does, you, it's hard to put into numbers. And unfortunately, we're in this numbers generation where everything's numbers. And his, his brilliance sometimes is missed by a lot of people. Those intangibles can certainly go a long way to winning. Uh, Ben Simmons himself after the game on a Zoom call talking about the uh, defense that doesn't necessarily show up in the stat sheet, but here's what he had to say about the importance of defense and how he views it. I mean, I go out there and guard typically the best guy on the floor every night or or somebody who's going to have the biggest impact in the game every night. But, you know, I take pride in it. You know, it's not something I don't – I'm not trying to go out and win awards. Um, You know, I personally take pride in going out and stopping guys or making a tough one of them every night. It's a big part of the game. Uh, they say defense wins championships, so yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Ben Simmons of the Sixers after last night's victory over the Lakers. Sixers play at Minnesota tomorrow night at 8, and the Flyers are at Jersey this evening at 7. Speaking of all that, we continue a little Philly theme today as we have our guest on our program, author Irene Levy-Baker, and the book, 100 Things to Do in Philadelphia Before You Die, the second edition And uh, we're kind of making our way through the book, the different sections that there are. Uh, The first section, the first 19 uh, chapters, pages really, food and drink. And then there's music and entertainment from uh, 20 to 33. There's uh, sports and recreation, which is 34, I guess, to 53. Culture and history, 54 through 84 on the list. Number 58 is the Museum of the American Revolution. And would that have not been in the first one? Because it was only established a few years ago, right? Or would it have been the first one? That's true. The the Museum of the American Revolution opened shortly after the book came out. Okay, so this is one of those Uh, new ones. So to me, that was a huge hole not having that in the book because the museum is awesome. It looks at why we fought the American Revolution, how we fought the American Revolution, and then it looks at phrases like, all men were created equal from the perspective of women, blacks, and Native Americans. Yeah. So it so you think about things in all new ways. That's you good. end that visit in the theater where they show you the real tent that George Washington slept in. And it is downright inspiring. I love that museum. You know, number 66, also, Irene, uh, the National Constitution Center on Art Street, uh, of course, you, you know, no matter what you think politically or person, whatever, the, the whole the constitutional, unconstitutional, that phrase has been thrown around a lot lately. 
and in general, at any given point, the, the idea of something being unconstitutional comes up. And I sometimes wonder how, how much everybody knows, including myself, what the Constitution is all about. Uh, so, it, you know, the, the actual National Constitution Center would be a great place to go to to get uh, schooled on that some, right? I was, that's all it's all about. I mean, yeah. it re- that's a museum that really gets you thinking. And it's all hands-on, so you can, you know, it, it's it's just a great place to get a handle on what the what the forebearers were thinking when they wrote the Constitution, the incredible compromises they made, what their um, what their ideas were behind it. But that's a great museum to learn about the Constitution, especially in light of everything going on in the world right now. Irene, it's uh, it's also where my wife became a U.S. citizen about three years ago. Oh, that's such a great, that's nice. It was that's what a great place to become a citizen. July, it was uh, right around July 4th. It was a very moving time. She's she's Brazilian, Dutch-Brazilian. That's a, spe- that's a special memory. It really was a neat thing, a neat thing. And the last section on in the book, uh, shopping and fashion, the last 15 or so uh, chapters slash pages. Uh, I thought, and see, I'm not a shopper per se. I'm a pretty simple guy. Um but I can appreciate how others may be. And uh, 86 in here says, spend less at these outlets. Century 21, 100,000 square feet. It can be exhausting, but your tenacity will pay off in savings. <laughs> I'm like, I could feel, I would feel exhausted going just to like the, the convenience store, let alone something that large. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, unfortunately, Century 21 has left us during the pandemic. Yes. But there are still several outlets that won't exhaust you quite so much, like the Banana Republic outlet, the Gap outlet, the Bloomingdale's outlet. They're all within like one block of each other, all within one block of 17th and Chestnut. But the challenge with that section was the different shopping neighborhoods from South Street to Old City to Maniunk to Midtown Village to just try to describe them well enough that if you didn't know them, you'd understand the differences between them and figure out which might appeal to you the most if you were a shopper, which you're not. Yes, well, you're right. And, and to your point, that that's one of those things that, you know, as soon as it's in print, things can change. But but to your point, your website will help people keep updated. And I think that the tone of the book should should not be, um, uh, you know, we should not miss that. That it, it really, I think it, it really serves its purpose. It's lighthearted enough. Um, I noticed that, for example... There's not a lot of, in fact, I'm not sure if there's any of what you think, like I, 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 my favorite cheesesteak place, my whatever. What what is your favorite cheesesteak place, by the way, as long as we're on the topic? (laughs) Do you have one? Tim, I've been in Philadelphia long enough to know that I am not going to name any one (laughs) cheesesteak place. Right. (laughs) So I am politically correct enough to name several that are mentioned um, by Philadelphians as their favorite. Yes. That's However, funny. I do suggest that everyone go to Pat's, the corner where Pat's and Gino's or Caddy corner each other right. and have the experience of, of getting half at each place, choosing which they prefer, and just going to that corner and seeing people pulling up in wedding garb and, you know, all kinds of celebrities and politicians and just having the experience of going there. Irene Levy-Baker, our guest, the book, A Hundred Things to Do in Philadelphia Before You Die, the second edition. The original came out a few years ago. This one's freshly updated. We'll keep our conversation rolling here. One final break, listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Thanks for hanging out today. Stop and feel.
Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. Go ahead, sing along. AM560. WFIL.com, which has been around in Philadelphia for many, many years. Undergone changes over time, just like the things going on in Philadelphia that Irene Levy-Baker, our guest, has been documenting in her book, A Hundred Things to Do in Philadelphia Before You Die. This is the second edition that's new. The first one came out a few years back, and uh, lots of chapters and fun information, helpful information. I'm thinking as you look at it, there's different ways to use it, Irene. I guess really almost as a, a bit of a tour guide uh, and as a homeschooling family, perhaps ideas to look for. Even if it's going to be a homeschooling family, you just be a teacher or a school administrator is looking for things to do. Like where can we take the kids? Where can we do something interesting, right? They could kind of use it that way too. Oh, certainly, for sure. Um, you know, just put uh, sticky notes on the pages you want to go to. And I do, I have an idea for um, kids in particular. Okay. Which is to go to Franklin Square, which is one of the original squares designed in Philadelphia by William Penn. There is a Philadelphia-themed mini golf. There's a mini uh, Chinese Friendship Gate, Elkhurst Alley, Independence Mall, Liberty Bell. Play putt-putt there, which every kid from toddlers to teenagers, I mean, any teenagers who've ever been to the shore loves putt-putt. Play putt-putt. Take a picture of your kid next to each of the icons. Then go to the real things for a second picture. And even a jaded teenager will love going to the Mm. Rocky Steps to get a second picture or the mini love statue and then the real love statue to get a second picture. They make great and it's just fun. It becomes like a scavenger hunt. That's great. I love that. I love that. That's a way to get them excited about going to these places they may not be excited about going to. And then they'll get there and find out how much fun they are. See, you have all this insight. I'm glad we had you on the show to, to share it. Victoria's taking furious notes over there. (laughs) (laughs) Victoria, I have a place for you as a Jersey girl. Okay, let's hear it. I'm going to recommend something I just did that I love that's really safe and fun to do right now, which is the Haddonfield Sculpture Tour. I am lucky enough where I actually live in a small town called Audubon, which is right next to Haddonfield. So then then it's perfect for you. So you know Haddonfield is charming. It's a little main street, a small town. It's full of... Restaurants with outside dining and chocolate shops and ice cream shops, so many that you got to love a town like that. Oh, yes. A little bookstore. And there's a sculpture tour. It's all outside. There's about 20 sculptures. And the whole tour is about a mile and a half. It took me about two, three hours. And you walk by a giant blue dog and abstract sculptures and a children's sculpture garden with um, a, a life-size giraffe. Wow. A turtle and a rabbit that are made by Eric Berg, who designed uh, Silver the Pig in Reading Terminal Market. There's um, a postman in front of the post office. And you can print out a map and take this tour, and it describes each statue. It's, it's a really charming and nice way to spend an afternoon. That actually sounds really fun. I might have to check that out. <laughs> it's not too far from well, me. There you go. Yeah. Now, Irene, is that an example that of not – I don't remember. I didn't read every page of the book, but I read a lot of it. But that's not in the book, but that's like a – that could be on one of your blogs or, or through your website. Is that right? Would that be? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. a new discovery. Okay. Wow. I like it. Yeah. So, Irene, do you, like, do you have a lot of like a lot of best friends who are like, hey, we're going, 
we got to go here. Let's get Irene to, to, to kind of take us around town, uh, help us know where to go and all that. Do you get a lot of people asking you about advice and all that? It's so funny you should ask that. Um, my, I'm constantly getting texts from people asking, you know, where, well, not so much during the pandemic, but in general, you know, where should we go for our anniversary? Where I have coworkers coming to town, where should we go for dinner? Or, yeah. you know, my 17-year-old niece is coming for the weekend. Where should I take her? So people constantly ask me those questions. <laughs> yeah. And you are the go-to like person. To go on adventures. So people like to go on adventures. So when I went to the new birding museum, in uh, the new Audubon Museum in Millgrove, yeah. I wanted to be able to write about it from my perspective as a novice, but also from the perspective of someone who's a birder. So I have a friend who's into birding in Cape May, and I took him with me so that I could write about both perspectives. Same, same thing about the uh, Simeon Auto Museum. I'm not that into cars, but I wanted to see what it was like for someone who was an expert. So I have a friend who's, who's really into cars, so he went with me and gave me his perspective, and I was able to write, write about both perspectives. That's smart. That's just really that's, that's yeah, smart. Yeah, so I do take my friends on adventures with me, no. and they, you know, especially restaurant adventures and eating adventures. Yeah. I could also see it. Not that I'm going to abuse it. I have your number, but I'm not going to be. I could just see it like I'm on a date with my wife at 730. You ran out of something to do. Let me text Irene. Irene, what would you, where should we go next? <laughs> <laughs> I get that all the time. It's like, well, the nearest place to get ice cream. And then you show me in this park. And yeah, I do that a lot. If you had a virtual tip jar, it could work well for you. I would think you could just sit home and, you know, <laughs> be like a call center redirecting people around town. <laughs> Might not be the worst idea. There you go. Yeah. Hey, so one last question for you. Uh, Irene, what um, surprised you? Because I'm sure you, despite all, you're always learning. So was there any anything in the book, 100 Things to Do in Philadelphia Before You Die, the second edition we're talking about today, uh, that, that surprised you the most perhaps in your, whether you stumbled across it or had to track it down like a detective and you heard about it and you had to investigate it? Well, one thing I was surprised by was how I fell in love with Legoland and Plymouth Meeting. You know, I was not one of those kids who was obsessed with Legos. I went there to check it out for the book without a kid. And I thought it was charming. They have a skyline of Philadelphia made of 1.5 million Legos. They have a 4D theater. And what 4D means is that when it rains, you can actually feel the rain. When the wind blows, you and the people in the audience, when the wind blows in the movie, you can actually feel the wind blowing in the audience. Really? They have life-size animals made of Legos. It's like this charming place, and I never expected to have so much fun there. And that's in Plymouth Meeting? So that was meeting? one big surprise. Yeah, it's in Pl- right, right outside the Plymouth Meeting Mall. So, like, that's, um, you know, seven minutes from here. Victoria, I really think we need to get out more. Because- I really, I think so, too. <laughs> I mean, it's just down the road, yeah. but I'm in front of my computer all day sipping coffee. And I'm Field like- trip. <laughs> Well, if good. you need more field trip ideas, <laughs> yes, WFIL field can, trips. <laughs> you can get my book on my website, which is www. One hundred things to do in Philadelphia. dot com. Irene, do they have and a? You, yeah, go ahead. If people tell me they heard about it from you, Victoria and Tim, I'm happy to sign it for them before I send it out. That'll be fun. Oh, okay, that's good. Well, and then so folks know who we're talking with, uh, Irene uh, Levy-Baker, our guest, and the book again, 100 Things to Do in Philadelphia Before You Die. I was wondering, Irene, if at the Lego uh, Center they have a room where it's just Legos on the floor and adults screaming in pain from having stepped on them in the middle of the night, like I've done that a few times. 
That would be kind of that experience, right? <laughs> that could, could be a participation room. Many times as a kid. Ow, ow, who put this here? <laughs> All right, you can come out of the room now. You're okay. <laughs> so. Well, Irene, it's uh, great to talk to you again. Uh, well, you know, I thought of one more question. I'm looking at the cover. I'm, it's very Philadelphia. Uh, it almost has a, a bit of an eagle's green to it. And then you have, I guess it's Boathouse Row uh, in there. What what led to the cover design for you? I'm just out of curiosity. It's funny you should ask. So the first edition has South Broad Street, standing on South Broad Street, looking north towards City Hall with all of the lights on the Avenue of the Arts. Because to me, that showed the vibrancy of the city. I didn't. I, a lot of Philadelphia guidebooks seem to have historical, but to me, the city is so vibrant, yes. and I wanted to show that. So my second edition, I used the lights of Boathouse Row, which again is iconic Philadelphia, but shows like sort of to me the light, bright, illuminated side of it. Yeah. And I did not pick the cover photo, but my um, the designer at my publishing house did. She's actually based in St. Louis, and when she told me what color she was going to use. She described it the same way you did. She said it's going to be Philadelphia Eagles green. Interesting. And I think that's a really good point for your listeners, too. If you get the book at an independent bookstore or Barnes & Noble or on Amazon, make sure you get the second edition, which is the one that's Eagles green. Yeah. I know that Amazon still has the first edition, but the second edition is more updated. Okay. I do have a question for you, Irene. Since you briefly mentioned sports in your book and some events, are you a Philly sports fan now since you're from, you know, Ohio? Or would you say you're, you root for Philly sports or, or what? Of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know if you'd say you're a Browns or Bengals fan or, you know. Well, and the Sixers <laughs> just beat the, the Lakers. And, I, of course, you have uh, LeBron James from Cleveland. Uh, so, Ohio. not that you're I've out. been in Philadelphia far longer than I've lived anywhere else, okay. and the sports teams here are near and dear to my heart. We're just checking. That's usually a question we ask at the beginning because sometimes then the interviews <laughs> just end quickly. You know, we have a lot of pastors on our show who are from Dallas, and unfortunately, we don't vet them well enough because then, like, you're you're a Cowboys fan. All right, see you later. Have a nice day. Yeah. Oh, we're losing we're losing connection. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, bad sell. Call back. <laughs> So, well, Irene, it's a great it's great to hear from you again. And do you have any other books in the world? I know this just came out, but do you have more things percolating in your in your well, brain? Well, you know, my publisher asks me the same thing quite frequently, and I tell him. So this is um, I also have unique eats and eateries, which we talked about a couple of years ago, which yeah. tells the stories behind Philadelphia restaurants. And so I have those books under my belt. I don't know what the future holds. Um, I'm still quite absorbed in this book, and I, I don't know. But if I do, you can bet I'll give you a call. Good. Well, we'd like that. And it, <laughs> it's, I love it because, honestly, WFIL has been here forever. And um, during our, especially during the hour of the show from 4 to 5 each weekday, uh, periodically we, we love as much as we can to touch on that, even if it's just for a few minutes, sometimes for a whole show. Uh, for example, John Butterworth, who d- done, done traffic in this market for 40 years, joined us for a whole hour. Uh, he does traffic on our sister station, uh, Philadelphia's AM 990 The Answer, with Chris DeGaulle does the morning show there. I think you know Chris um, and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. So it just, just I talked have to Chris Philly. about my last book. We had a great talk. Yeah. yeah. Chris is a great guy. He joins us here every few weeks or every couple of months just to chat a little bit of politics. We don't do a lot of that, but every now and again, a little slice of it. And so I just think of that because – Having him, or we had former former uh, Mayor Good, uh, W. Wilson Good, joined us in studio for a whole show, and so it's it's great to have the, uh, you know Philadelphia is, is special, and um, 
And, you know, while we have a lot of national programming in our stations, which is also very good, we want to build that connection in the greater Philadelphia area. So when I saw that you had this book, it's like, it's a matter of time. We'll get to it. I really want to make this happen. And I know you, you did too. And I'm glad that we were able to carve out the time together. So thank you for arranging your day to, to join us. Awesome book. Uh, thank you both. And you're yeah. very welcome. Right. Thank you so much, Irene. And uh, again, a hundred things to do in Philadelphia before you die. Second edition is the book and uh, it's neat to be able to have a conversation and, and learn about, you know, I grew up here. Victoria, you grew up in the tri-state area, right? So, you know, you're familiar with a number of the things she's talking about, right? Oh, you're, over here. <laughs> you're, you're deeply Hello. caught. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, no, I was just saying, you grew up here, right? So you... Yes, I did. Yeah. I grew up in a small town called Audubon, which yeah. is right across the bridge. Pretty much one of the first towns you enter and right near Cherry Hill. Yeah. So the so what's, what's in the book, some of these are familiar. I'm looking through, but there's a lot that I still don't know. And uh, so it's good from an education standpoint, but it's a it's a it's a fun read as opposed to being maybe a, a too much to digest. Uh, earlier in the hour, just to pivot here for a second, you heard uh, maybe if you were listening to earlier, there's a, uh, a a promo we run for something called the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise. And that comes up at the back end of the summer. It's August 28th through the 4th of September. And Michael O'Brien is going to be helping lead worship on that trip. Alistair Begg from Truth for Life, coming up here in less than 10 minutes, will um, be speaking on that trip and, and teaching from God's Word. Laura Story and Michael O'Brien leading worship. They have wonderful food. You've probably heard about it a bit, uh, you know, over the last few weeks or months. And, uh, you know, the, the, the places they stopped, the beauty of Alaska, all of that. So something to work and look toward. Um, actually, I think more affordable than folks realize too. So if you want to go on the cruise, details are on our site, WFIL.com. But Michael joined us, loved having him on. He was the lead singer of New Song for a while, a lot of solo albums out. And he actually has a new CD called Crown Him. And much like Irene, who we just talked with there about her book, her book was about to come out when the coronavirus thing blew up. He had this CD called Crown Him. He was ready to release. And then everything kind of stopped in its tracks. And so it never really got released. And so now it is happening and you could win it. We're giving copies away at WFIL.com. Just click on the contest page and get yourself uh, entered to win Crown Him from Michael O'Brien. You may know him most from the song called The Christmas Shoes, although his his, his musical lifetime has expanded way beyond that either direction and is, is much more uh, uh, comprehensive. One of the songs that's kind of fun, also as we head into toward Valentine's Day, is a song he did on an album called Something About Us. And it's just a, a love songs kind of album he wrote to his wife, a beautiful uh, album. And I'm going to play a song on here that's kind of fun. It's called Low Fat Latte. And this is on a CD called Something About Us. You could win this CD as well. So if you enter, you'll uh, potentially win Crown Him, which is Michael O'Brien's newest one. And then there's a grand prize up for grabs which features Crown Him, plus several other CDs, including Something About Us. So kick back and enjoy this little ditty called Low Fat Latte. Michael O'Brien. Tim mm-hmm. Show, WFIL. Me, my low fat latte. Hey. AM 560. Give me my low fat latte. WFIL.com on the app. Mm-hmm. Michael O'Brien and Low Fat Latte. CD is called Something About Us. It's part of our grand prize package that you could win right now. If you go to WFIL.com, get entered. The uh, basic prize, if you will, is his newest CD called Crown Him. And the grand prize includes Crown Him plus uh, a number of other CDs, including Something About Us. 
And I bring it up because you know, even if you don't win the grand prize, you could still go out and check the CD out, especially with Valentine's Day not too far off. You may want to uh, take a look at that as something fun for a gift during Valentine's time. Uh, Victoria, he mentioned um, like chai. My brother likes chai. I'm not a chai person at all. What do you like? You... Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, it really depends, I would say, on what I'm in the mood for. But uh, I do like low-fat lattes, I will say, okay. myself. But, you know. I just like basic coffee, cream, and sugar if I can. You know, Sometimes like... that too, but I like flavoring at times. Yeah. You know? So you're a little more like. You know, like that. I'm more fancy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, well, so, hey, by the way, as we come down the home stretch of the program, real quick, good news is we are at 444, uh, sorry, 484 ultrasounds. And our partnership with Preborn, just want to sneak this in at the end, 484 down, just 76 to go. Our goal is 560. If you want to help out, it's 833-850-BABY. Each one's $28. Or you can help. At WFIL.com, 833-850-BABY. you got to hit this goal by Sunday. That's the hope. Thank you so much. You've all helped out thus far. Jim Max and Max 413 Ministries. Lead to prayer next. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.